This is alternative history. Darn it! This is alternative. <laughs> oh my god! This is alternative history. Welcome back to the Alternative History Podcast. My name is Brian. With me is. Rodrigo Monaco Barros. So, Rod, we've been away for a while. Uh, we've been away for so long that my little boy, who recorded the intro for us, that sweet little cherub-like voice, he's now got pubes. His voice is dropping. Grew, him, grew some pubes over the pandemic. <laughs> Sorry, I won't say his name. Sorry, my oldest child, but, you know, he's, so, good, he's a good sport about it. As to what Brian is alluding to, we have not recorded or released an episode in quite some time. We started recording at the beginning of this year, or rather at the beginning of 2020, and uh, as everybody knows, the pandemic hit, and yeah, we yeah, slowed down we, the production. Uh, we, 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 we haven't released anything since 2019. This is going to be our first release in the year of 2021. Hopefully, it's not going to be as bad as 2020 was, but, you know, 2020 could have been worse. I mean, there are alternative realities out there. That may have already been explored about a version of 2020 that is pretty awful. Yep, I mean, I our, the real 2020, not good. This 2020 that we're going to talk about, just pretty awful too. Pretty awful. Uh, we're going to be talking about the movie Reign of Fire, which came out in 2002, but takes place in a alternative 2020, which really wasn't relevant until 2020 actually happened. Never even thought about it as... I had no idea, no idea. Heard about it on NPR and was actually just bewildered that a movie that I really, really, really loved, still do, had no idea that it took place in 2020. Agreed. As usual, you know, we haven't done this in a while. Our normal plan of action is that we select a topic and we usually talk about the year in which that topic came out. So in this case, Reign of Fire was released in 2002. Brian, what happened in the year 2002? So in 2002, we're going to go over some movies, some, some music, some TV, a little bit of news and sports. So let's start with the movies. So the, these are the, in order of gross domestically. We got Spider-Man, Star Wars, Episode 2. Uh, which Ooh, one was that? terrible. The Phantom Menace? No, no. No, it's uh, Clone Wars. Clone Wars, right? yeah. yeah. Uh, something with the clones. Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets, the very first Harry Potter movie. Signs, My Big Fat Greek Wedding, Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers, Austin Powers, and Goldmember, Men in Black 2, Ice Age, and A Beautiful Mind. Uh, a couple other movies that came out, Santa Claus 2, the worst of the Santa Claus series, 8 Mile, Black Hawk Down, Panic Room, Blade 2, awesome movie. Black Hawk Down is excellent. Yeah. Minority Report, Road to Perdition, Barbershop, Red Dragon, which I didn't realize this until I was going over uh, the very first date that I went on with my my wife was to see Red Dragon. A lot of people are like, That's... "You took your wife to see your future wife to see Red Dragon," and she didn't. I'm like, "She didn't leave." Yeah, <laughs> you know, you got to test, got to got to throw it out there. Like, hey, you want to see a movie about a cannibal? Let's do this. Let's do this. And then The Ring, which I believe was our second date. And oddly enough, she must have really liked me. She didn't marry me. She doesn't like horror movies. So. <laughs> That's funny. I don't think we've seen one since. That's classic. Uh, top TV. This is the 2002-2003 TV year. CSI, Friends, Joe Millionaire. ER. That show's great. Yeah. American Idol. Brian hates that show. American Idol. <laughs> twice. 
That's who these stealing writings. They be cheating. They're cheating. I know. I'm yeah. gonna, I, I recall. Why don't they just put it on every day of the week? Survivor. Everybody loves Raymond. Law and Order and Monday Night Football. Other TV shows. I know uh, you'll like some of these. The Wire. That movie's great. That show's like the best. I'm sorry. That show is great. Yeah. Literally the best show ever made. I'm working on it. I will. I will fight anybody that argues with me. I got like 15 that, minutes that. in episode one before my wife called. Yep. Pulled the plug on that. Yeah, got to start watching it. Uh, the Shield, 24. That's your show. Yeah, that I, is one I, of your I, shows. I also thought The Shield was pretty good. The The Sopranos, great show. The show's wonderful. Oz and Six Feet Under, all shows that I really enjoyed. Yes. Top music. <laughs> How You Remind Me by Nickelback. <laughs> one of the funniest things that I've ever seen on social media, and this was like way, way back when Facebook was still like uh, a novelty. They had this. Someone sent out this link, or it was like it was like a like a survey, and it said, or something like that. And it said, How, "Can I get more people to like this pickle than Nickelback?" <laughs> they're not. They're not very. They're not good. Foolish, by Ashanti. Okay. I've never heard of that song. Hot in Here by Nelly. Oh, yeah. Dilemma by Nelly and Kelly Rowland. That's a great song. Two and big songs. Wherever you will go by The Calling. I'm not quite sure. I don't know that song at all. What that song is yeah. Uh, other some uh, notable albums that came out: "Sea Change" by Beck, "Songs for the Deaf" by Queens of the Stone Age. You like I, them more than I, really I do. Yeah. "Turn on the Bright Lights" by Interpol and "The Blueprint" by Jay Z. It's a good album. News: Bush vows, George W. Bush vows to expand the fight on terrorism and demand regime change in Iraq. DC sniper was just listened to a podcast on that. People. I was listening yeah. to. American. I, was, I just listened to American Monster, DC Sniper. Yes. I recommend it. Go listen yeah. to it. It's very yes. good. Black actors won the top acting prizes in, for the Oscars. Denzel for Training Day and Halle Berry for Monsters Ball. <laughs> Training Day. Phenomenal movie. It's a very good movie. <laughs> Still gets quoted to this day. <laughs> the UN arms inspectors are returned to Iraq. And uh, former Yugoslavian leader Slobodan Milosevic's trial for crimes against humanity began. <laughs> Uh, in The Hague, but uh, he died before the end of the trial. Really? The year 2002 was a legendary year for sports, quite epic. All kinds of stuff happened. I was surprised when I was researching, when I was researching it, like what went on this year. Important stuff that happened. The Angels beat the Giants four games to three. Barry Bonds lost his World Series. The New England Patriots started their reign of terror and beat the Rams 20-17 to in February at Super Bowl XXVI. I believe that's that was, Super Bowl 36. Yeah, that was their first... Their first one? Mm-hmm. That was the one where the guy got tackled on the one-yard line, correct? No, that was no. the Rams. That was the Rams winning the championship. This was the Patriots defeating oh, the Rams. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, I'm old. Uh, it's all right. Tiger Woods won his second straight Masters and won the U.S. Open in 2002. The two-time NBA champions, Lakers, swept the New Jersey Nets four games to nothing. And the two most important things that happened in the world of sports that year, Zinedine Zidane scored his legendary volley winner in the final of the UC- of the UEFA Champions League. In May in Glasgow, they beat Bayer Leverkusen two to one, and Brazil beat Germany two nothing in Japan, winning their fifth World Cup uh, in the summer of two thousand and two. So, as we mentioned, the movie Rain of Fire, which is what we're going to be talking about, takes place in twenty twenty. So, we thought it would be a good opportunity to look at that version of twenty twenty as opposed to the one that we actually got. But as you're doing the research, Rod, you said. A lot of not, not not even science fiction movies, but a lot of movies that take place in the future, took place somehow, in 2020. somehow on twenty twenty or thereabouts. It's weird. I did not expect that 
So there were plenty of alternative versions of 2020. You guys can explore some of these on your own. We're going to discuss Rain of Fire. But first, Pacific Rim came out in 2002. Uh, sets, it's set in 2020, rather. A Quiet Place is set in 2020. I really like that movie. Which is weird because it's not that far off from when it came out. Like, they just kicked it down the road like a couple three of or four years. years. They, they exactly. weren't really optimistic about the future, were they? <laughs> no. They're like, yeah, there's going to be these aliens that you can't even make no noise and nothing. <laughs> nothing. They'll kill your ass. A film called Stealth came out in 2020. Uh, rather, I'm sorry, I keep saying came out, set in 2020. Uh, a film called Mission to Mars is also set in 2020. A dumbass movie called Real Steel is set in 2020. Uh, you and take that back. My children love it. <laughs> it's a children's, it's a child's movie. And then uh, the film, which surprised me, similar to Rain of Fire, but not as good, but also surprised me, uh, Edge of Tomorrow is set in 2020. I like that movie a lot. Really? Yeah. That's funny. It's, it's just it's crazy to me that all these movies just were like, you know what, 2020, just not going to be a good year. Yeah. Like, it's almost like someone someone like cued them off. What's crazy? Like, well, what's crazy is that 2019, Blade Runner set in 2019. Yeah. That movie came out in like 1980. Avatar is set in 2019. I didn't know that when I watched Avatar. And the interpretation of Cormac McCarthy's The Road is also set in 2019. Mm-hmm. So... The people that were making movies do not do not think they, they must have been prescient because they did yeah, not think that yeah. 2019, 2020, and 2021 were going to be very yeah, good. I mean, they, they, they were bad, <laughs> not as bad as compared to the movie we're probably going to talk about. Or I think the only one that might be worse than what actually happened in 2020 is Quiet Place because mm-hmm. that movie that looked like it would be terrible to live in there yeah, because like, couldn't listen to like podcasts done. <laughs> Uh, yelling at your kids, done. Like how? Like how am I going to discipline my children? Your kids couldn't even play. Yeah, like here, I, like uh, what happened to Billy? Well, I couldn't tell him to stop fucking off. He was sneezing. So he got, yeah, he got he got eaten. One of them things came and ate his ass. He's done. Incredible. Yeah. So anyhow, so it's just obviously you know they just figured we were going to have a tough time in 2020, and they were they were mostly right. So. We're going to go over, give a rundown of the movie, and Rodrigo, you watched it 8 billion times in preparation for this. I, I did not mean to, but I ended up watching the movie 5 times, or 4 times. One thing before I start, this is one of those science fiction pictures that do a good job of just putting you there, and you're supposed to believe it. Like, some science fiction movies aren't able to do that. Some science fiction movies waste too much time with exposition trying to tell you what's going on. Yeah, you either gotta, like, you either gotta do, like, Star Wars and, like... Get, like you're just in the you're world, there, yep. or you got to do like this movie did and have like a really quick intro, and then, and then you're in the world. And but don't get me wrong, there are also films that you can be super explanatory in exposition, and sometimes it works. But like, you have to be a really you, like the movie Inception. We talked really, about this. really interesting, and like there's got to be a lot going on while you're doing the exposition. Because what ends up happening is that most science fiction films that explain too much, for the most part, are boring, and you can't really watch yeah. them. Which Luckily, it was not necessarily the case with Rain of Fire. No, no. As, as I say, they kind of, you just have to suspend disbelief right from the very beginning, and then they do a little bit of talking, and you're just there, and you can't really argue with it. Either you walk out the theater or you finish the movie, and it's right, pretty solid. So, we did not walk out of the theater. We watched I did it. at the end. <laughs> we watched it. We'll talk about that in a little yeah. bit. We watched this movie when it came out in 2002. You and I actually liked this movie. In the research, I was actually surprised that it was a commercial failure, and it was also yeah. panned by the critics. It ends up becoming a cult movie because it ends up coming on TNT a lot from like 2002 or rather 2005 to 2015 is one of the new classics. Like it was on TV all the time, constantly. Yes. It, it's, it's, yeah, it's for me. I mean, it's it had a dragons. Movie. Like you can't. It was never going to be bad. Like 
you and I even not, didn't have an argument. We had a slight disagreement on this. I, I think this was the star maker for a couple of the actors in this movie. Like, I thought that this was... I know that Christian Bale was in other movies, but after this movie, his career seriously takes off. It was I, definitely the the turning point for a lot of their career, like, almost all of their careers. Where I, I felt the same way about Matthew McConaughey in this movie. Yeah. I knew he was before this, but I thought this movie, all of a sudden, he's, he's an action star now, which I don't think he was before. And I saw this movie, like I say, it was on TNT for many years. One of the last times I watched this... I hadn't. I didn't realize that Gerard Butler was in this movie until I was watching it. I was I like, "Holy cow! It's the dude so, from Sparta!" Like he, it was just brought. It's just recently coming to my attention that he was actually in the movie because he, you know, I wouldn't say it's a minimal role, but it, it's it, he's definitely not in a in a lead role in the movie as a supporting supporting actor for sure, absolutely for sure. And then uh, the other thing I found interesting too, this being a science fiction film, there's an there's a, there's a actor here that's in. Some of the fantasy shows that are fantastic. He's in Star Trek, Deep Space Nine, and he's also in the show you started watching recently, Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. There's an actor named Alexander Sadiq who's in this movie. I love him. He's great. He's, uh, he's really, really good. Yeah, I mean, he's in a very small part in this movie, but that punk King Joffrey's in this in, in Reign of Fire. He <laughs> Is has he? a small bit part. I don't I don't remember oh, it. Oh, he's one of the little kids Jack in Jack Gleason, yeah. Oh, I mean, wow. like, I'm sure he's a nice human being, but I do want to, like... Swayze Roadhouse Swayze his throat and like rip it out and maybe like probably feed it to him because that sounds like something perverse that he would do as King Joffrey That's but ridiculous. like just getting into season 3 I think some terrible things might happen to him because karma but I'll see I could be wrong we'll talk about Game of Thrones another time so let's get, let, let me get you got dragons in that show too another one that has dragons absolutely so let me get back to Reign of, uh, Reign of Fire yeah. and, and actually for many years, I would call this movie Reign of Dragons just because I liked it so damn much. Yeah. It's Reign of Fire. Yes. <laughs> so, essentially, in the year 2000, year 2002, when this film comes out, there is an underground tunneling project taking place in the city of London. Essentially, in this project, a dragon is discovered. He eliminates a whole bunch of people, and there's only one survivor, a child named Quinn. Ain't that a bitch. Quinn. Like, you're, the dude, you're the dude digging it. We're all like, yeah, yeah. Uh, who found that dragon? Quinn. Right. Wow, who like who was digging and found it and like got it up? Quinn's the one who saw it. Quinn right? saw it. Well, yeah. Quinn's mother was an electrical. Your family, the, your family name will get tarnished forever. <laughs> there are people. Like, so Quinn's mother was an electrical engineer in this project. She he goes to visit her. They escape as the dragon's coming out. She dies. He's the only survivor. Got roasted. Right? Yeah, she, she got crushed to death in the crushed. elevator. That's Everybody it. else got roasted, and the dragon escaped. And so what ends up happening is that there's like a star wipe, and now. Quinn grows, and you have Christian Bale giving you a slight narration of what happens. A real quick exposition. It was like 15 seconds. It basically tells you that, you know, the dragons hibernate. They eliminate everything in the world, and then they go back to Earth. They go back to sleep for eons until people show up. So that they actually explain that this is what wiped out the dinosaurs. Yeah, yeah. This yeah. is. This. I, I was reading somewhere that said that they had an alternative history where the dragons are what killed the dinosaurs That's and not the, uh, the asteroid. Like I say... Now, as a smart person, and after watching the movie five times, I, I, if I would have seen it, I, I would have walked out. You know, I thought this was dumb. But as they were doing it, it was just so slick the way they did it that it kind of just put you in there. You didn't know what's going on. So he's narrating, and now we're in the future, and uh, uh, Christian Bale is in a castle in England. He's leading uh, a small community of people. Yeah. And essentially, the first point of tension in the film is that there's a crop waiting for harvest as the group here is starving. Two or three people of a family want to go and pick this harvest. Christian Bale does not want them to do this because they need this harvest to grow further so that the yeah, plants can germinate in the future. Dragons be burning everything. 
exactly. Uh, there's a little bit of time that passes, not very much like a day. And I only bring this up because I thought this was slick when we watched the movie, and I want to bring it up. They actually do a play of Star Empire Wars. Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, Empire gonna, Strikes I, Back. I was going to bring that up too at some point, but we'll talk about it now real quick. I just think that's so clever because if you think about it, the movie takes place in twenty twenty in in a future twenty twenty when they from when they made it. But like, if you think about it, like. The Empire Strikes Back is like our our Shakespeare now. Like it's like a. It's one of my favorite movies of all. It's literally yeah. I, I have it as a third best movie of all time. Now, I have, if they would have done like, <laughs> like The Phantom Menace, I'd be like, oh hell no. <laughs> Thankfully, I don't think the movie would come out. But yet. they picked the perfect <laughs> one. They picked the best one. Yeah, it had come out in two, by two thousand two. Okay, I can't remember. You're right. You're right. I think it came out in ninety nine. Right. Something like that. So, I don't recall. You're right. You're right. Anyhow, you're right. Yeah, because the so, second one came out in two thousand two. Yeah, Obviously, it had to. Yeah. You're one hundred percent correct. So, so they dodged a bullet on there by picking the right one. But, but yeah. and the thing that they ended up doing is that they just like you say, Brian, they did Empire Strikes Back as a Shakespearean like play, and it yeah. was really good. Like the yeah, little like, fi- like the five minute clip they showed was was excellent, and they got the kids all freaking out. Like when when the the, the discoveries made that Luke's his father, yeah. and one of the funniest lines in the movie is like, I can't, I, I forget Quinn. They ask him, Quinn, did you write? Did you make that up yourself? And Quinn's like, Yes, of course. I, I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> Absolutely hilarious. So uh, after the play, the kids go to bed. Everybody goes to bed. This initial family that wanted to go get the harvest while everybody's sleeping goes and just takes off and does this. And so this is where the movie takes off. It's an unsuccessful journey. We are introduced to the dragon as the dragon wipes out people and destroys the farming facility. You knew that was coming. You knew that was coming. As they're rolling back, you know, they're back at the castle now, depressed, drinking, talking about what's happening, what they're going to do in the future. As this happens, all of a sudden, for the first time in years, you hear voices on their radio communication system. And it turns out that there are an American militia showing up here at England. And there the are a only couple... time you really want to see an American militia. <laughs> Revolutionary War or uh, dragons are attacking the, unit of the world. Where's the militia? <laughs> and uh, So basically, we, the militia is led by uh, Matthew McConaughey's character. Denton Van Zandt. Thank you, Van Zandt. I read, I read somewhere that I said that's the 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 best worst B name ever. Denton Van Zandt. That's yeah, hilarious. It's, like, it's crazy. It's like it's such a it's a, it's a very good. I mean, he's from Kentucky, I believe. Yep. In the movie, Kentucky it's just a very, it, it just it sounds like a dude from Kentucky. Exactly. And so right away, and the thing that I like about this movie, I'm sorry to go on so many tangents. We've talked about other science fiction movies and other movies. Period. Where it's good because the action starts right away. Like, we talk about yeah. Mad Max, the, like two Mad Maxes, the Road Warrior and Fury Road. Shit's popping off right away. Fury Road is from the very, perfect movie. From the very, and so in this movie, stuff's popping off already. Yes. And this right here is essentially further popping stuff off. Because Matthew McConaughey's character, Van Zant, talks to Quinn about being able to capture and kill dragons. He's got a dragon tooth. He shows him. This slightly convinces Christian Bale to invite him in. Let's, let's see what's going on. What can we do? And uh, shortly thereafter... They take out their first dragon. It was a very slick scene. Like they, uh, they were using a, they basically used a refurbished helicopter, and uh, they had skydivers catching dragons using a like a bolo net is what it's called. I don't know if it's called a bolo net. So that's what I heard yeah. it. And basically, it is what they used in ancient Rome to trap people and capture people. Sure, yeah. And so they were they were doing this to catch dragons, and uh, sure enough. These motherfuckers kill a dragon and it shocked everybody. Like, it surprised people. And uh, it, it was a really slick scene. Like, there's this great tension being built because in order to kill a dragon, they have to come up with this 3D mapping system. They're able to get two posts up. The third post is on its way to getting put up. The guy dies. 
Christian Bale comes out, saves it, puts the post up, they're able to kill the dragon. Said it came riding on a horse. Came in riding on a like horse. A, like an old western. I didn't want to talk about it. I was trying to slick it, but you brought it up. Yeah. There's only two parts that really disturbed me. There's was, was two parts that bugged me. I can live with the chopper showing up. I can't figure out how they brought tanks and jeeps. And then also, exactly, where the hell did this horse come from? Like that, 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 But again, yeah. I had to watch the movie five times so we just start picking on it. I, I didn't see it until that. Sitting, sitting there, sitting around for sure. I mean, and, if they can barely feed themselves, they can feed a full-size horse. Exactly. Right? <laughs> but again, super minor. Uh, and like, so what ends up happening is like, this is the first time these British folks have killed a the dragon. They're celebrating, they're partying. Uh, after this happens, the Kentucky regulars show up, and you think that they're happy. You know, like he's like, uh, uh, Van Zant says something along the lines of, like, envy the country who has heroes, and everybody cheers them. And then in a quick turn, he's like, I say pity them. And he bitches everybody because they lost three men and only killed one dragon. He's quite angry at them, and they walk off. And I was like, okay. Yeah, that's because that's he's seen too he's much. He's seen too much. <laughs> So then there's a little bit of tension between Christian Bale and, and Matthew McConaughey's character. Next thing you know, Matthew McConaughey explains his plan. They're going to go to London. They basically, they figured out that they're like fish. Or they're like the alien in Queen, the Queen alien. There's, sure, there's yeah. one. There's one super breeder. And then the rest are, and, and basically in the, way, the way they have the film is that there's one dude, one bull, and the rest are females. Yeah. And so far, the Kentucky Irregulars have been able to kill 200 female dragons They've been able to study the etymology. They know that they're coming from London. And so now they've realized what happened. They know that it's one dragon. Matthew McConaughey's theory is that if they're able to wipe out this one dragon, they'll start wiping out the dragons. So let me ask you a question. This Shoot. Really stupid. Can they eat the dragons? I don't recall if they can or not, or if they explain why they can't, because oh, they didn't even that would talk probably about explain it. why Matthew McConaughey is so ripped. That would make sense, because those guys, and they all look, they all look healthy yeah. compared to, compared to the British people. That's a very good point. Dragon? <laughs> and historically speaking, in other dragon stuff, you'd be talking about eating the dragon heart. Like, that's something that's... I would, that's uh, like, you would, they gotta have some kind of meat, they, regardless of how it tastes. They have to. I, that, I didn't bring it up, Starving, but you're right. I would, I'd eat dragon. And so, what ends up happening is, like... Christian Bale wants nothing to do with this plan. He thinks it's insanity. He's like, no, you can't do this. <laughs> Matthew McConaughey and the Kentucky regulars are like, okay. They go ask for volunteers. They only get four of them. And then they end up instituting a draft. And they end up kidnapping six people to take them with them to London to take care of this. <laughs> Lo and behold, this dragon is super smart. Just like all animals movies that came out in this era. A whole bunch of smart-ass animals. <laughs> this animal knew what was going on. And he wiped out everybody before they could get to London. And they came back and destroyed the castle in Northumbria. Yeah, you might as well, yeah. So the dragon was very smart. Van Zant comes back with the helicopter chopper, with the helicopter and the pilot, and uh, apologizes to Christian Bale. You know, it's his fault. Everybody's dead. Everybody's dead on both sides. Like, they need to do something to kill him. They come up with this plan. Gareth Bale's, uh, Gareth Bale. Christian Bale's like, all right, let's do it. And, of course, the plan ends up being that they're going to explode. They're going to explode something in the dragon's mouth. Fair enough. Like Jaws. Like Jaws. <laughs> a smart-ass animal. And it ends up happening, and this is this part, again, was stupid, but I still love the movie, and I accept it because it was, it was all right. I mean, they're fighting dragons. <laughs> they're fighting you dragons. You can't really make a bad movie. Like I said, it's got dragons. You can't really make a bad movie when you're fighting a dragon. So they end up uh, they end up coming up with this plan where they're going to blow up an explosive in his mouth, and essentially... <laughs> And you've talked about this at length. Matthew McConaughey is trying to jump into the guy's mouth. Like, oh, he's got a big old like axe. He's got an axe. He's about to blow which, up. Which I'll, <laughs> I'll explain a little bit why he has the axe. But like, that's like a that's like an that's like an image to me that's like so like iconic to the iconic film. To the film and just in film in general. So his point is to explode the explosive with the with the axe. I'm sorry, yeah. he's supposed to damage the explosive with the axe, and this was going to blow it up. 
Unfortunately, before this happens, the dragon just eats them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, have, like, they got a pretty big mouth. And, uh, like, ratio, there pretty much was, like, zero chance. It looked cool as hell while it was happening. Which is almost like... His, again, four, four times for me to kind of start giggling at it. Because the first couple yeah. times I watched it, I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah go ahead. I think that's part of what makes it so good. Like, another movie that was kind of in this vein that got panned, but is kind of like a cult, is Deep Blue Sea. Cult oh, favorite. man. You know I love that movie. Every and, I watch the shit on that movie. And, <laughs> Another smart-ass animal. A good th- a, the thing that these two movies have in common is they take a really... Who you think is going to be the star of the movie, Matthew McConaughey and Samuel L. Jackson, and murder them right before the end of the movie and in, in rather epic fashion. Epic fashion. Like, uh, McConaughey essentially just jumps into a tiger's mouth looking cool as hell with an axe. And, his mouth. and uh, Samuel Jackson gets bitten in half while he's giving a speech <laughs> he about killing, killing... About ice killing people. Yeah. Yes. So, but this still must be resolved and it turns out that Christian Bale is a crack ace with a bow and arrow and he's able to blow up the dragon similar to how they did with Jaws in the, in the shotgun <laughs> by hitting him with an arrow and, and hitting the explosive and destroying the dragon. Sure. You now have another scene where it's over, like it looks like it's good. You hear them say they haven't seen dragons in three months. They're now starting to farm, and they end up hearing voices from France looking for a new leader or looking for the leader of the area. Christian Bale passes leadership on to essentially who was his adopted son in the show. I love the movie. And talking about that last scene, we have to we have to bring this up before we continue. When Brian and I saw this film in the theater in two thousand and two. <laughs> you know about when it ended when we left the theater? Yes. Yeah. So, this is a total asshole move, but it made me laugh. We walked out rather. We walked into the movie inebriated in one, one shape or another, and walked out slightly still inebriated, but super hyped up. Because we came in with lowish expectations. We thought it'd be all right, but we I knew, didn't. I knew Matthew McConaughey and Christian Bale. Uh, who I, I call him Batman, but at the time he wasn't. But I knew he, he was going to be fighting dragons, and Matthew McConaughey was going to try to kill him with an axe. And that was the part, like the part of the movie that I was like kind of looking forward to. I was like, I gotta kind of gotta see how this resolves itself. And the motherfucker gets eaten, like <laughs> one hunk. So we're walking out of the theater, and uh, well, behold, a friend and his girlfriend are standing in line to see the movie. And I'm like, dude, Matthew McConaughey got eaten by a dragon. <laughs> And they're kind of like, he's like, yeah, thanks, Brian. We're in line to see that movie. I was like, oh. I was like, As you guys know. Like, that doesn't ruin the ending, though. <laughs> Just a little. You guys, as our listeners know, we like The Simpsons an awful lot. There's an episode of The Simpsons where Homer goes yeah. watch The Empire Strikes Back and ruins it for everybody. Yeah. The exact same way, Brian. Because uh, Brian didn't just ruin it for his friends. He ruined it for everybody that was in line with them. I couldn't believe he did that. It was so funny. Yeah. That was his fault. I think he called my name. I would have walked out of there completely spaced enjoying that movie and then called me over. But in my defense, I was. it was great. I was excited. It was a surprising uh, movie. And yeah. like, he should have said right before, he should have said... Disclaimer, we're going to see. <laughs> no sh- they should hold signs. Exactly. Saying where they're going. There should be a line for what movie you're in. But anyhow, so that's the rundown of the movie. There's some really interesting things about this movie that I wanted to discuss before we get into our wrap-up here. I found this great article uh, on the io9 website. It was a retrospect on the movie because, of course, 
because this movie is kind of over the top and 2020 felt a little over the top over the top ridiculous <laughs> to some extent with how awful it was they did a retrospect on it and they they got some really great information on it the, the thing that we found i found most not most interesting but one of the really interesting parts uh we're we're based out of milwaukee wisconsin uh for this podcast and the two screenwriters greg cabot and Kevin Petrica, they were out, they were from Wisconsin, and they wrote the screen pr- screenplay in 1996. And it is, as far as I can tell, the only thing that they've ever written and sold. I mean, ever sold. I had no idea until you told me that today. I was like, that's fascinating. I mean, I mean, yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Wisconsin, uh, baby. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I couldn't find. I really couldn't find too much information on them. They both have Twitter accounts. And they're both still in the Wisconsin area, from, from what I can tell. But outside of that, I, I don't know they've, done much no, about they've done nothing else, right? Is what you said. I'm pretty sure they probably made a ton of money off of this movie, and you know, are happier in hell, right? Like that would be great to sell sell even a movie, right? <laughs> so uh, after they sold it, uh, it was revised during production by the screenwriter Matt Greenberg. Okay. So I know we referenced a lot of Jaws when we talked about the movie. Very interesting. That it, we did that because the guy that produced it, his name is Dick Zanuck. He also produced the movie Jaws, and the guys that when they the guys that wrote it, I actually the the one thing I did see on one of these screenwriters from Wisconsin on their Twitter account, he mentioned that they named the main character Quinn after Quint. Ah, from, from Jaws. Jaws. Ah, that's awesome. That makes sense. So I don't know if that if they wrote the ending the way they did, where they had to blow up, put an explosive device in the head of the dragon. dragon, but that would make sense if they were inspired by Jaws. And when they initially wrote it, they it was written as firefighters versus dragons, where in this dystopian future, the firefighters were the, the modern-day knights fighting the dragons. In the original script. In the original script, yeah. It was still set in the future, but it was in a a medieval-type setting because of what happened with the dragons. It was post-apocalyptic. Post-apocalyptic, and uh, that they were basically like knights, which that sounds extremely... That's fascinating. That's that's an interesting story for a film. One of the things I I also read about this movie that I thought interesting, and you mentioned this as well, that there was an error in pre-production that led to an error in the first preview of the film, the preview of the film has it set in 2084. Yeah, yeah, because, I mean, thank God they changed it to 2020 because there'd be no way <laughs> we could have waited to 2084 to talk about this movie. No, that would have been uh, 105. I'll be, which, I'll, be long, I mean, I'll be long dead before yeah, then. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm, I'll probably still be alive. I'll probably be on, you know, like an iron lung. Probably, you're right. Maybe, right. maybe, maybe just a head in a jar. In a jar. <laughs> With a spinal cord hanging out the bottom of it, running around on like a robotic uh. dog. But but yeah, so yeah, it, it, like if you watch the original trailer, it says London 2084. So I don't know what the what the impetus was to change it to 2020, other than someone told them be like, yeah, 2020 is far out enough. Uh, well, I I didn't Where I didn't go that deep enough. I, was, I didn't go deep like that. I just figured they they had to do the math. If the kid was. In 2000, there's no way he'd be alive in 2020. Yeah, yeah. My guess is that they were going to set... It's probably originally set in 2020. It was just a mistake from what I read. Okay, so Matthew McConaughey, he was uh, one of the first guys to get behind the movie. And he was so into the movie that he he had... When he was on set, apparently they had to call him Van (laughs) Zandt. And he reportedly had a... Uh, he would have pre-production phone calls with the director in character. Like, he was so into this. Like, he was so ready to go. And he... To me, he might be the best part of the movie. He's like, awesome. He's, such, he's really I've good. I've seen on the internet people make 
custom-made action figures of him. No kidding. Yeah, I, I like, not know that. Like, the, things aren't produced, mass, like, mass-produced. These are just dudes. I'm assuming they're dudes. <laughs> uh, probably in their in their basements, whittling away plastic or however you make an action figure. That's I don't know funny. That's really classic. Yeah, but uh, like I said, when it came out, it wasn't much of a hit. Uh, in fact, it was a critical. It, was a, it got panned. Forty. I, it's somewhere around 42 percent on Rotten Tomatoes. It was which, panned, and it was a commercial failure. Yeah, and uh, that's why I don't really like Rotten Tomatoes because it gives you like they they don't allow for a movie to be like you know like a fine bottle of wine where it's got to breathe a little bit and let it let it let it marinate and let it grow. Like this movie. People be talking nonsense on Rotten Tomatoes. They were trying to tell me that Wonder Woman was as good as The Dark Knight. I was like, get the fuck out of here. It's yeah. nowhere near as good. <laughs> that is a, yes, uh, understatement. Nowhere near as good. Sorry to interrupt. Yeah. I want to say about it, I keep saying it's a failure. Uh, it had a budget of $60 million and made $82 million total. Yeah, yeah, worldwide. That was, only, that was a worldwide gross. So a lot of, like, they prob- the budget for the movie, and then you, you probably got to add on another, like, 60 to... Eighty million dollars from marketing expenses and stuff like that. So, so unfortunately, you got to make a ton of money on, on big budget movies like this to even like get back to ground zero. So, and as we stated, though, those panned and though it was didn't make money. Like everybody, I don't know anybody that doesn't like this movie. Like everybody I've ever talked to likes yeah. this movie. Likes this movie. And as I said, if you're of a certain vintage, you came across this movie at least once or twice. Oh sure. A month on yeah. TNT for years. And I, I read that it was uh, it was produced uh, by Disney's Disney Studio. I don't know if that's true or not because I looked for it on Disney Plus. It's not a real graphic movie, so I thought you know Disney puts all their stuff on Disney Plus, but they didn't. They didn't. Interesting. So get on that Disney. I gotta watch. I didn't know that. That's interesting. I'd like to watch the movie again, uh, but I, I, I highly doubt it'll be on there. I wonder who it is because I got Touchstone, I got Spyglass, and I got the Zanet Company. Yeah, from my understanding, it went it went to Disney, probably a subsidiary of them. But I'm sure one of these is a subsidiary. I bet you. Interesting. Anyhow, it was in during production. I believe it was produced in Ireland. It's it's a multi area, but yes, United Kingdom, Ireland, United States. Yeah, uh, during production, which makes it even more of a connection to what is going on in our current. 2020, well, not current 2020, what happened in our 2020. But this was during the production of the movie. They had a outbreak of foot and mouth disease, which is normally a, it only if, typically Babies, affects right? cattle. Oh. That's hand, foot, and mouth. My kids have had that. <laughs> okay. oh, Sorry, most man. of them, if not, I think two of them, maybe three of them. I can't remember. But it's kind of the same thing where, where hand, foot, and mouth usually affects children. Thankfully, I didn't get it. I had to stay home with them and feed them milkshakes. You get like uh, like blisters in your hand, feet, and your mouth. So in with foot and mouth, it usually affects livestock, oh, like shit. cattle I didn't know in that. particular. But as we know from 2020, viruses can travel from animals to humans. So they did a lockdown essentially, and they put put the areas in quarantine. Oh no! Shit. I, I Much know like that. what we're really going into the, the wow. Yeah. It was really wow. Yeah, that's fascinating. So, I, it wasn't nearly as uh, widespread or deadly. Deadly. And it doesn't sound like it didn't transfer to humans, but they were trying to stop it from transferring because uh, that, that, it could decimate livestock. That is super fascinating. I had no idea they were yeah, in I quarantine that, I during that, this yeah, film. I was like, Jesus, that's just another <laughs> weird connection between this movie and, and yep. the actual 2020. And when the movie was first going through production, they were looking for 
uh, leads for the movie. I love this part. And they were talking about uh, going into the production. This movie was late 90s, early aughts. Sylvester Stallone and Arnold Schwarzenegger were still pretty big names. Like Sylvester Stallone, I'm sorry. I know for a fact that Arnold Schwarzenegger was still making a movie like End of Days. Came out in like 2001. You know what I mean? Like in like Eraser. Like came out like in 2003 or something like that. Stallone may not have been at the peak of his game anymore. I think he made Copland in like 96, 97. Yeah. Um, And he might have made, I remember he made a movie called Daylight in like the late 90s. That was pretty good. That was all right. But he was still considered like a movie star. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So they were thinking about putting these two guys in the movie. I I don't know if they were talking about them one or another or both together, but essentially the powers that be for the movie were like, you know, if you put these guys in the movie, you know Stallone and Arnold, they don't... They're not going to lose the dragons. They don't get killed by dragons. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Like, like they're, not one, they're not jumping off a cliff or a, at, with, a, with an axe trying to stab a dragon in its face. They're getting it done, though. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, he's like, Arnold's like, I don't get eaten by dragons. Doesn't happen. Like, I stabbed that thing in the face and I split it in half. That's what happens. So they thought it would take away from the suspense of the movie, So which makes... Perfect sense. And I thought it was great, too, when they cast Matthew McConaughey. Out of the three people that turned out to be gigantic superstars, Gerard Butler, Christian Bale, and McConaughey, McConaughey was the most well-established at that time. He'd done a movie so you called... I think he, he's going to die. He did that John Grisham movie right around this time. Like, yeah. Uh, like, uh, and he was in a bunch of rom-coms, too, yep. that made a decent amount of money. But he wasn't really known for action. So you don't think he's going to die. Like You don't think that this is going to be... He, he's going to be the guy who you know, goes out fighting the the, the dragon. But it, I thought that was a, a good, uh, I mean, obviously it got me psyched up. And they did I ran some, out of the movie theater telling everyone about it. And they did some break rule movie shit you're not supposed to do and it was still successful because they didn't introduce Matthew Con- Matthew McConaughey until like yeah. 20 minutes into the movie. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Like which, he wasn't, which is rare. You don't really yeah, do that. Yeah, because yeah, it's kind of like, well, <clears throat> if you don't establish him in the first 10, 15 minutes of the movie, like how can you make him a lead character? But, I mean, it worked. Yep. Uh, and he, uh, I thought he was great in the movie. I thought he, to me, he's probably, besides, you know, the dragons, he's one of the better parts of the movie. Christian Bale is good in it, but his part's kind of boring. He's the, you know, strong but silent lead type. The one thing I did find fascinating comparing that alternative 2020 to our 2020 on a lighter note, they all had bad haircuts and facial hair, so a lot like us right now. <laughs> Everybody. I was like, what is Ger-? When I saw that movie, I thought that Gerard Butler had not yet hired a stylist. That's what I thought when I saw yeah, that film. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense because, like, you watch some of these things, like, movies where it's like, well, like, he's got time to cut his hair in the middle of, like, like they got dragons walking around, flying around, killing each other. And, like, and I think this also proves my point where, like, like, the dragons were so bad, civilization basically just went back to the Stone Age, to the medieval times. Me and my friends had a conversation once that if lions had wings, uh, I, I was like, there would be no technology. <laughs> we wouldn't be sitting at this Denny's right now talking about it. Like, we'd be picking berries and, like, eating, you know, wearing animal pelts. What is that, Andy? Like a griffin or something? Like a gri- I, know, I think it's yeah. a griffin or something yeah. like that. <laughs> like some mythical animal. Yeah, if, they, if, if, if a lion had wings and if... Sharks had wheels and could breathe outside of water. It'd be over. We, we, we'd be done. We'd be, we would not be on top of the food yes. chain, for sure. No, no, no. There'd be no podcast. There'd be no rain of fire. It would just be all like, hey, uh, where'd you get them berries, dog? 
These are good berries. We were talking about berries all the time, about how good they are. And then another thing I really, really liked about it, the blend of the medieval aesthetics with the modern warfare. They did a good job, yeah. That was brought up in the io9 article. And, and mixing it with dragons makes it pretty cool. And I think it's really cool that they can get a medieval aesthetic with modern technology and not have to be anachronistic about it, you know, like out of time. It, they, they, they picked a good spot in England uh, because there are legit castles there, and I believe they're in one, right? Yep, absolutely. Yeah. And so it gives you that, the aesthetic of the medieval times, and they actually got to kind of live like they were back then because these dragons are tearing everything up. And it's strange to me that, like... But then Matthew kind of has a tank. Yeah, <laughs> tanks and choppers and stuff yeah. and whatnot. Which, uh, that part doesn't bug me. As, as you know, I watch science fiction movies. And even some of the ones that we talked about earlier, that whole aesthetic of it being a dystopian back to the Stone Age situation, that seems to happen often. Like, that happened even yes. to a degree. It happened in Waterworld. Like, it only it was water. Yeah. But, it, but, it, but they yeah. went back and, you know, they didn't have anything. Or even the movie that came out that's set in 2019 that we talked about for a brief second, uh, The Road. That's another one where it's yeah. like things are all messed up. And this, I'm not even what we're talking about there, but another one that just came to my mind. Remember the movie The Postman with yes. Kevin Costner? Another one. Yeah. So, clearly... Our visions of a nightmare future are like being back in the Stone yeah. Age, you know, or I back think, in the Middle I think, ages. though, of all the ones that I've seen where there was some some like events that pushed us back to the Stone Age of all the movies we've seen, this is the only one that's plausible. They did good enough because, to have. Yeah. because you really like if there's dr- flying like dragons flying around, like shooting fire at you whenever you're like trying to go out and do some shit, and like killing. Everything. You and all like burning all your crops and stuff like you like like living is like the hardest thing in the world like just surviving is like like near impossible. Waterworld it's like oh everything's covered in water and like, we can still do stuff like I'm not gonna die at any moment from a dragon flying around. Sharks, <laughs> but yeah, it's fine, 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 fine. Yeah, yeah sharks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but my point is the, the point I was making is like it seems that the or like the road where it's like something happened. It, it seems can't like do nothing no more. Exactly. It seems like the great vision is that we're gonna if something terrible happens, not only is like it's gonna be some kind of but, something with wings on it. But not only is the technology gonna crumble, everything's gonna crumble. Like that's yeah. the big fear. You know what I mean? If you're and, barely if you're if you can't walk outside without being uh, burnt to a crisp and or eaten, you're in trouble. Yeah, yeah I mean, you can't yeah, you can't yeah. you can't do it. Yeah. Exactly. And if there's something just like not only burn if it can't burn you, it's gonna burn everything around you. Like that's gonna make just basically like having like a iPhone next to impossible. And the reason... <laughs> true, true. <laughs> One of the things that worked with this movie, to your point, they were able to do stuff because they had a chopper. They weren't yeah. able to... If they had a plane, they wouldn't be able to do it. Like, that's that was that's the way they were able to do some of the things. Yeah, they I thought that was a, slick. You can get a chopper in and out of places that... If you, you need a runway and everything, and then it needs to take off, like, them, them dragons will come up. And, and that was part that was kind of slick in this movie, too, is, like, you had this aerial battle. You had the aerial battle between the dragon and the chopper. And that, that was kind yeah. of... That was super yeah. slick. I, I, I liked it. Like, I, I did a really, really yeah. good job. And the last thing I want to mention, uh, it opened third in the box office behind uh, Men in Black 2 and Road to Perdition. Came out in July of 2002. Yes, yeah, two movies that I've, I think I've seen, but I don't really. I mean, Road Perdition was okay. Men in Black too. I couldn't. I Road Perdition. You, that movie bored me though. It took too long. I like. Yeah. I like Men in Black too. That was pretty yeah. good. Yeah. So that's the movie. That's all the really interesting information about it. Like we said, we really, really like this movie. Uh, Rodrigo, where are you going with this alternative history? Do you do you care for this version of 2020 versus the one we got, or? <laughs> the one we got was pretty terrible, but there aren't dragons wiping us out. Yes. So I, 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 100% I, I guess, 
I will stick with the with the real 2020. Yeah, it was like, horrible. Yeah, but, like so. But the fact that we're talking about it compared to dragons tells you something. Yes. You know. <laughs> I'm not trying to make light of 2020, but it has been uh, like it was a ridiculous year where you couldn't even write about like the horrible things that would happen to in this country and in the world in general. And it's just ridiculous that we can even consider comparing it to like. Would flying dragons be? Nah, nah, I don't think it. Like, it looked pretty awful in that movie. Like everyone looked really, really like. At least I can still shower. Let's just put it that way. Exactly. Not that I do it every day anymore, but if I'm feeling funky, it's like a, it's like I can go turn on hot water, or I still have heat. Uh, to your point, and, one of my favorite lines in the movie is that, and this doesn't surprise me. It shouldn't surprise anybody. Even though shit's terrible. They still have a still, and they still make uh, they still make alcohol. Yes, which does not surprise me. And well, what I a, mean that's been that's been a main that that's what twenty twenty here <laughs> real twenty twenty and rain of fire twenty twenty have in common. And, what, and the line there Alcohol's was been getting us uh, the trick is to drink it fast. That way, it only burns your stomach and not your throat. I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I'm, I'm going with I'm taking the twenty twenty that we had. I will not. Give the alternative history to 2020. But it was close. We're gonna, yeah, we're going to stick with it. Uh, I have to begrudgingly say I will not accept fire-breathing dragons for my version of 2020, even though the movie kicked ass. Well, there you have it. That is our Reign of Fire episode. We are the Alternative History Podcast, and uh, you can find us at Alternative History Podcast on Facebook. Uh, we're at, at Alt History PC on Twitter. Same on Instagram, uh, we're on a couple other places, but you can find us on iTunes, uh, Stitcher, basically wherever, wherever you, can you can catch podcasts, exactly. Podcasts, you can find them. Our website, alternativehistorypodcast.com, you can always go on there. Please, like us. please subscribe, hit, hit the like button, uh, leave a comment, it helps us out a lot. Tell your friends. Exactly. And uh, as, we, as I mentioned earlier... 2020 we recorded a couple episodes early so we have some more coming for you guys soon yeah, sorry, sorry for the wait yeah we may have to go back and retrofit them a little bit because we did record them before i mean things are getting a little t- crazy but it, like when when the s hit the, f- the f we pretty much you know hit the brakes on on the podcast or we had other things we had to take care of so thank you for listening we really appreciate it take care